future British prime ministers and royalty have all been members of an elite club that's infamous for trashing restaurants, burning money in front of people living on the street, and for being involved with sex workers. Over its 200-year history, the club has been mostly wealthy white and all male. Many of its members have found their way into some of the most powerful and influential jobs in the United Kingdom. Today, we're uncovering the Bullingdon Club, a secretive society whose members are students of the prestigious Oxford University. Hello and welcome to Sinister Societies, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Saruti Bala. And I am still Hannah Maguire, contrary to popular belief. Every week we are going to cover your favourite cults, faith followers and secret societies. And we'll look at how they've managed to run in plain sight and infiltrate your everyday lives. So, the Bullingdon Club uh, is a secretive society for students who attend Oxford University and We should clarify that even though members are students at the university, it does not affiliate itself with the club. We have just mentioned that future prime ministers have been members of this club, and we're going to get specific and name and shame David Cameron and Boris Johnson, uh, to name just two. And we'll get into more of that later on in the episode. But for now, Saru, before we crack on, how much do you know or think you know about the Bullingdon Club? I mean, basically just what you said. <laughs> just not not great, guys. No, all not I knew, guys. that's all I knew, is that it was a student club, like you said, not associated with Oxford University, but linked to Oxford University, that has churned out some of our most recent prime ministers, and uh, they like to do horrible things. They do like to do horrible things. I also think it's uh, a pretty safe bet that although it isn't an official club, of Oxford. I don't think you can join it if you went to Cambridge. No, no, of course not. I mean, a stab in the dark. No. um, I think it's, that's pretty safe. No. Uh, I'm guessing you also can't join if you go to another university in Oxford. Or, you know, any, (laughs) the the University of Norfolk. Like, I think you probably won't be allowed. No. Um, So I think although the University of Oxford is distancing itself from it, much like many of the people who were linked to it, both Mm. Boris Johnson and David Cameron have since come out in recent years and said that they're horribly embarrassed by their involvement with the Bullington Club. I think Boris Johnson and David Cameron have a lot of things to be horribly embarrassed about, to be completely honest. Were you in any clubs at university? Any Harry Potter societies? Quidditch teams? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, at university? Oh my God, you'll die. I was in economic society. <laughs> but you kind of had to be, you kind of had to be if you were an economic student because that's how you got like internships and that's how you got like anything basically were you in any did SOAS have societies yes it does so Hannah went to um, a university called SOAS which if you are not from London or the UK and you don't know what it is it's a school of oriental and African studies and it is a very it's a very different place to where I went yeah it's also I would venture one of the few universities in the United Kingdom at which white students are the minority which is no bad thing. But what that means is that all of the societies, I couldn't really join them because it was like uh, the South Asian society. You didn't have a white pride society. No, there was no <laughs> white pride society. <laughs> there was uh, the Sunni society, the Shia society. 
um, the the Palestinian society. All of I couldn't. I was not welcome. That's outrageous. Um, but I was the president of the drama society, of course. Of course. There you go. Nailed it. Enough about our universities, and let's get into the Bullington Club. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage... All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently. Capella.edu. So if the Bullingdon Club doesn't sound familiar to you, dear listener, you might remember an old photo that did come out a little while back and it got major media attention when it did. And that's because the photo, which was taken in 1987, shows a young David Cameron and Boris Johnson posing in their Bullingdon Club uniforms. And if you've not seen this photo and therefore not seen the outfits, then you really should Google image it. I've got it up in front of me right now. All you have to do is search Bullingdon Club photo and it will come up. How would you describe the look, Hannah? Describe it to our listeners who maybe aren't able to Google image it for some reason. Husband material. <laughs> A group of men who are husband Eligible material. bachelors is what I see. Young, adventurous men about to hit the town, paint the town red. Yeah, definitely incredibly well-rounded people mm, who are normal. completely aware of their own privilege. Down to earth. Yeah. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. And salty down to the earth. <laughs> don't even know the meaning of the word nepotism. Um, and their dad definitely doesn't work in finance. If uh, you have trouble with British sarcasm translations, we are joking. They look like what they are, which is a bunch of wankers. Yes, it's basically taken on some steps, presumably on the campus of Oxford University. I don't know how many of them are on there. Let's say 16. That feels like a good number. That's kind of the rough vibe. And um, they're wearing like their full uniform. They're wearing like dinner suits. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go on to discuss it later, but it's like... I'm not posh enough to know the words for what they're wearing. Well, luckily I'm here. Yeah, it's like top. What is it? Tails, tailcoats. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like cummerbunds. It's not. It's not quite black tie, but it's not white tie either. I don't know what that means. White tie is like top hat and tails. Like that's. Oh, I thought they were wearing tails. I can't remember. Yeah. They've not got hats on though, have they? No, they haven't got hats on. So but that's no. because they're going for the casual. I'm in tails look. <laughs> They look very smart mm-hmm. and they look like... Not like little psychopaths at all. No, but less sort of like Cinderella's handsome prince, more I'm going to a military function. But yeah, enough about that. Go look at the picture. So 
A little about the Bullingdon Club's beginnings. It was founded in 1780-ish, thereabouts, and it was originally a hunting and cricket club. But it soon became an elite men's dining club, as most cricket and hunting clubs do end up that way. And it was known for hard drinking and wild behavior. But interestingly, unlike the Skull and Bones that we did the other week, the Bullingdon Club does not have its own premises. So how they just smash up everywhere they go? So, like, we can't be trusted with our own premises. I mean, I'm sure they could just buy one if they wanted one. <laughs> um, and then no one could tell them what to do. That's a good point, though. This is um, upsetting, and I'm sorry that you are all going to have to listen to this. Um, <laughs> but it's worse for me because it has to come out of my mouth. The Bullingdon Club is also known... Oh as Buller. I hate it. I hate it too. Posh people love shortening everything. Oh yeah. yeah what yeah. is with that? Posh people are just very lazy. Mm. Clearly. Lazy Not mouths. Not work ethic. No, it's all, the, <laughs> all that landed gentry. All the centuries of privilege just means they can't close their mouths properly. Anyway, so... It's the weak chins. <laughs> the weak chins. It's the weak chins and the inbreeding. <laughs> so, because it's called Buller, because they're too lazy to say Bullingdon those extra syllables are really working them too hard. Um, members are known to greet each other by saying, Bulla, Bulla, Bulla. Oh, no, no, no. Yes. Yes, I'm afraid. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Oh, God. Yes, it's, um, it's really quite something. Uh, and it was quite something even in the black and white times. In 1850, an Oxford University official described the club as, and this is a quote, a curse and disgrace to a place of Christian education. I bet they love the fact that the university is like, it's a disgrace to Christian education. They're like, damn right. Yeah, yeah. And then bulla, they will, bulla, bulla. Bulla, bulla. And then they will all eventually make their wives miserable and go and work for their dads. <laughs> and, you know, 1850 wasn't the last time that the Bullington Club caught some heat because in 1913, the New York Times said of the Bullington Club that it, quote, represents the exclusiveness at Oxford. It is the club of the sons of nobility, the sons of great wealth, and its membership represents the, quote, young bloods of the university. Well, yeah, duh, New York Times. It, yeah, it's not, it's hardly, no. yeah, that is a bit of a no-duh, I'm afraid. Unfortunately, but I guess, you know, maybe they're explaining it to all the Americans. And just in so 1913, they maybe mm, they didn't know. Maybe. And then in 2016, the Daily Beast reported that in 1868... All right, Daily Beast, coming in with the fucking hot scoops here. <laughs> Hold the press. In 1868, the club's annual receipts for things like alcohol and food came to about £56. And maybe you're thinking that's not a lot of money. Well, remember, it was 1868. £56 back then is in today's money $8,000. So, Hannah, would you like to know how you become a member? Absolutely, desperately. I've been thinking about it all day. Well, let me tell you. Basically, you'll be unsurprised to hear that to join Buller, you have to be invited in by members of the club. And according to reports, there are no fixed rules for admission, really. But it helps if you have a title, like Lord or Lady, just not Lady. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> Marquis would probably be all right. Mm -hmm. Duke. Yes, Archbishop. Archbishop. Archbishop, stop talking through tea. <laughs> yes, the Archbishop of Banterbury. <laughs> Welcome to Buller. 
I am the Archbishop of Banterbury at Bullock. I mean, I was going to say Archduke. Is that a thing? Archduke is a thing. There you go. If you're one of them. Yeah, Franz Ferdinand was an Archduke mm. of Austria-Hungary. That is true. <laughs> Something to do with World War One. Something to do. And then loads of other stuff happened and then it was World War One. That's all anyone knows. Nobody knows anything else apart from Franz Ferdinand getting shot no. that one time. That is the hill I will die on that nobody really knows how World War One started. But anyway, before everyone loses their minds, let's move on. A former member of the club has also said in an interview, quote, if you get elected, you don't turn it down. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, if you're if you're in the position to get elected in the first place, mm. you're probably already a bit of a tit. I mean, this is true. Although saying that, I know this would never happen, so maybe it's very easy to say, but if somebody were like, hey, Sue, we're going to invite you into the Bullingdon Club, I'd be like, all right. So £8,000 on food and wine. Let's go. Sue gets stressed out by not knowing if the cream or the jam goes on a scone first. I I really can't imagine that it would be a calm environment. No, I don't think they'll allow me to stay for much longer. <laughs> so apparently in the past, when a new member was nominated, Bullers, I have to say it, I'm sorry, would go to the nominee's room in the middle of the night and trash it at the Bullingdon Club claim that this does not happen today, but who can trust a word that falls out of their mouths? Um, for most of the club's history, membership has been limited to 10 to 30 men at any one time. So they're not really, they're not doing uh, mass recruiting. No, but then I guess if you're going to run a very highly exclusive club, probably don't want to let everyone in. No, that is generally how exclusivity works. <laughs> so at least they have a grasp of that concept. Mm -hmm. We can give them that. Reportedly, the Bullingdon Club hold major events just three to four times per year, which once per quarter is enough for anything, oh, I think. please. And again, according to the Daily Beast, these events include a summer dinner and the, quote, Buller Brecker. What does Brecker mean? Breakfast. Oh. I'm ashamed that I know that. Uh, I mean, that's what I guess, but then I was like, I've not heard that before. No, I think... It's it's just the the lazy posh mouth shortening and everything that it's possible to shorten. They're too rich to form complete words. So breakfast, which incidentally, if you say that word around my dog, yes. she finds it very amusing. And by that, I'm, she just thinks that she's going to get fed. So apparently for this Bullabrecker breakfast situation, sex workers are hired for it. For breakfast. For breakfast. Yep. Quite aggressive. <laughs> I mean... But you have a wedding breakfast that isn't necessarily mm, in the morning. That's true. Maybe it's in the nighttime. Maybe. Which doesn't make it heaps better, but somehow it's hitting <laughs> my brain a little easier. Yeah, no, I mean, it feels like it's more appropriate. I mean, yes. Why appropriate not? isn't the word I would use no. for literally anything this club do, no. but fine. I don't know what the right word is. Yeah, it doesn't exist. We're going to have to make it up and then shorten it. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, right. So if your toes aren't just curled into a horrible little ball after that, get ready because it's about to get worse. Like so many of these societies, members of the Bullington Club have to take an oath of secrecy that they call omerta, which is an Italian word that loosely translates to a code of silence when it comes to crimes. Okay. I know. So the uniform slash outfits that the Buller boys wear have stayed the same since the club's beginning. So like we are talking about earlier in this photo, what they're wearing in technical terms is a navy tailcoat with 
brass buttons. They look like something out of fucking Les Mis, as far as my untrained eyes <laughs> can go. But they're also wearing a mustard yellow waistcoat and a sky blue silk bow tie. Because why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? And you didn't just pick these up from like a uniform shop. Oh no, they were custom made from a local tailor in Oxford called Ede and Ravenscroft. And these outfits would set you back approximately three and a half thousand pounds. That's close to five thousand dollars. Coming up, we'll get into the club's initiation practices. I know that's what you're all here for. And also some of the antics they've become infamous for. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Whether you're making a delicious family meal or a post-workout snack, choose the farm-fresh taste of Eggland's best eggs. Only Eggland's best hens are fed their proprietary all-vegetarian feed. That's what makes their eggs more nutritious. With 10 times more vitamin E, 25% less saturated fat, and 6 times more vitamin D compared to ordinary eggs. Eggland's best. Better taste, better nutrition, better eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com to learn more. So let's get into why you're really here, you perverts. Let's talk initiation processes and what they may or may not be like for members of the Bullingdon Club. In 2017, the British newspaper The Mirror published what is thought to be a letter to a new Bullingdon Club recruit. And here it is in all of its disgusting glory. Uh, Absolutely verbatim, here we go. On the 29th of October at exactly 1.30pm, you'll be sat in the lamb and flag. You'll be wearing a yellow shirt, a yellow suit, a yellow bow tie, yellow socks and yellow shoes. Holding a yellow rose in your lapel's buttonhole. Sounds like a personal's ad, doesn't it? Like a lonely heart. You will have on your possession a smutty or left-wing publication, a fake slash real diamond and a plush squirrel toy. Besides these, you will carry nothing but your keys and passport. Upon arrival, you will order refreshments in the following sequence. A double whiskey neat, a boiler maker, whatever the fuck that is, a pint of champagne, a boiler maker, and a double whiskey neat. Would you like to know what a boiler maker is? Oh, please. A boiler maker is when you slam a shot of whiskey into a pint of beer. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Just that. Excellent news. Um, This poor yellow-clad squirrel-holding boy (laughs) is going to be absolutely trashed. The letter continues. Your progress will be monitored, and having finished, we will send instructions. You must commit to memory 10 alumni of the Bullingdon Club. Do not be late. Do not overlook any instruction. Valid, we meet on the night. 
you are not to speak to any member, past or present, of the Bullingdon Club. Uh. Yours expectantly, the General. The General. Yeah. I'm desperately trying to think of a title that would be worse. The Archbishop of Banterbury is all I've got. (laughs) Best, the Archbishop of Banterbury. Yeah. Um, Kind regards. Yeah. It's just, it's exactly what I expected. Yes. It's exactly what I expected. It's, you know, uh, attempting to be full of mystery, but actually incredibly simple and quite boring. Mm -hmm. Just sit in a pub while some older boys watch you get drunk with a toy squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) again exactly what i expected so not only are new recruits asked to drink enough alcohol to kill a person but at one time in its history the initiation process also included having to down a tin of mustard powder nope yeah like a posh cinnamon challenge was that a lockdown thing Mm, everything probably was (laughs) people were like bird box challenge fucking cinnamon challenging themselves to death while oh. they were locked in their houses yeah I was just drinking myself to death um, so I didn't notice <laughs> I was just being sad because I couldn't knit fast as fast as I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> and in 2013 it was reported that members of the club were told that they needed to burn a 50 pound note in front of someone living on the streets as part of their initiation process a very American psycho. Very American psycho. Um, if you're not particularly familiar with uh, the currency of this great land, a £50 note is the biggest one you can get. I can't remember the last time I saw a £50 note. No, well, a lot of places don't take them because mm-hmm. they're more forgeable. Yeah. Um, so, so a lot of places won't accept it. No. And as if the burning of money in front of people who really need it isn't enough, Britain's Daily Telegraph newspaper, which is right wing, reported that the club's quote, modus operandi is to book a restaurant under a false name, smash it up and throw large amounts of money at the upset owners. A form of behaviour which dates back to Victorian times. In 1894, members of the Bullingdon Club smashed 534 windows at Christchurch College in Oxford. So yes, they're smashing up their own university, which is probably why the university is like, they're a disgrace. I mean, understandable. But if you want to become infamous, that's how you do it. That is how you do it. And after this criminal activity, they were told not to hold any meetings within a 15-mile radius of Oxford. And to this day, the Bullingdon Club is banned from conducting its meetings on the campus of Oxford University, a ban that's been in place since 1927. Oh, there you go. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're going to fucking smash the place up, Mm. It's gross. That's gross. It is pretty gross. And also very unlike Oxford to take a stand on literally anything. So they must have really pushed them. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah. And as recently as 2015, members of the Bullingdon Club actually trashed a room in a luxury hotel. A server at the hotel's restaurant told the Daily Beast that, quote, they walked in here like they were the royal family. One half were drinking themselves silly and the other half smashing up the crockery. That night, the students went through 48 bottles of wine and a lot of champagne. 15 people drinking 48 bottles of wine and then champagne on top of that. Brits abroad. Call an ambulance. (laughs) Oh my God. They're the worst. And again, according to Der Spiegel, 
David Cameron and Boris Johnson in 1987 were allegedly, definitely, part of a group of Bullingdon members who got drunk and threw a flower pot through a window of a restaurant. Uh, what bad boys? Uh-huh. Uh, not a flower pot. Oh my God. When the police arrived, the group fled. Boris Johnson claims to have spent the night in a cell, while David Cameron claims to not have even been involved in the incident. Typical Cameron, that's what he says about everything, <laughs> including Brexit. Other members claimed that Cameron was there, but the group simply hid from authorities in some bushes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like the police were trying too hard to find them. No, and it's also not like anything's going to actually happen, so why yeah. even bother? Getting your $5,000 suit dirty, I would say, is more of a concern than just getting arrested <laughs> and getting let go the next day. Yes. In 2018, a video surfaced of Bullers getting kicked out of a party that was being held by Oxford University's Conservative Association party. Jesus Christ, that must have been bad then. Uh, and they were kicked out because they were sexually harassing and groping women. And in 2014, the British newspaper, The Daily Mirror, spoke with a former Buller about how members treat women. And they said, quote, you would treat them like fillies, which I think is like a female horse. Yes. And he went on to say that at informal Bullingdon gatherings, they would, quote, make them, talking about these women, get down on all fours like a horse, whinny, and bring out hunting horns and whips. End quote. Oh, good. I mean, you know. That still definitely happens. Oh, for sure. Former member Ralph Perry Robinson, who was a buller in 1986, told the Daily Beast that the club would also regularly hire sex workers. I just, I don't, I, I, I mean, it's just a club of exclusivity and excess. And they're just like, fuck it. We're just going to do everything that we want to do because no one's going to stop us. Yeah. This is the limits of their imagination, though. I think that's the sad thing. Imagine having this much money, this much power, this much wealth, this much ability, to, this much freedom. And this is the limits of their imagination of what to do with that. Yeah. And I think it's you know, get it all out of the way now because I'll be prime minister in 10 years. Exactly. And they're like, I think also there is a thing of like everybody being as bad as possible, doing whatever you want. And then they've got that omerta thing. And it's like, yeah, listen, when we all ascend to the upper echelons of political power and society, you can't bring this up because I've got a shitload of fucking filth on you. <laughs> Up next, we will dig into some of the Bullingdon's famous alumni and how more recent members feel about their time in the club. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. 
Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. So let's get into some of the more famous members of the Bullingdon Club. In 2019, the Guardian newspaper spoke with a woman who used to help recruit members for the society. Her time affiliated with the club coincided with Boris Johnson, our current Prime Minister's time there. She said that Johnson was, quote, one of the big beasts of the club. He was up for anything. They treated certain types of people with absolute disdain and referred to them as, quote, plebs, or a word I've never heard before, grockles. I think I have finally got to the edge of my poshness because I have never heard that word either. <laughs> it's taken it's taken five years of us knowing each other for me to not be able to answer a posh person question. There you so, go. There We've you go. done it. Thank you, Boris Johnson. <laughs> and uh, they also called, whatever grockles were, we don't know, but they also called the police the plod. But like everyone calls them. Everyone calls them. Yeah, PC plod is a very uh, usual thing. Mm-hmm. And the Buller's attitude was also, according to this woman who used to recruit for them, that women were there for their entertainment. Boris Johnson has since publicly expressed regret for his time at the Bullingdon Club, like I said earlier. Yeah, but he's also the first person to cancel Christmas since Oliver Cromwell, so I don't think we can say Jews can't trust anything he says. No, I mean, I would back you up. <laughs> So, since its beginnings, the club has attracted influential names. In the early 1900s, Lord Halifax was a member. And this is someone who, in 1940, was asked by King George VI to be Prime Minister. But Halifax turned it down, leading Winston Churchill to take the job. So, pretty influential. Yes, extremely influential. Pretty upper, indeed. in the upper echelons. And speaking of Churchill, his father was also a Bullington boy. The Bullingdon Club has also churned out ambassadors, dukes and lords, leading political figures, financial industry CEOs and four kings. That is some going. I mean, yeah. They've got people all over plugging all sorts of holes in all sorts of industries. They've got people in law firms uh, and they've also got, of course, because uh, what's power if you can't control the press? Um, they've got people in very high positions at newspaper publishing companies as well. In 2015, three former Bullingdon Club members held some of the most powerful jobs in the UK. We've already touched on this a bit. David Cameron was Prime Minister. Boris Johnson was uh, Mayor of London at that time in 2015. And George Osborne, another Bullingdon boy, was the Chancellor of the Exchequer. The Chancellor of the Exchequer, this is how you remember it, I've got a rhyme. Hmm. I'm the Chancellor of the Exchequer. I write checks to make things better. So, George Osborne <laughs> didn't do that. It's like the head finance guy. It's like the CFO of the government. Yeah, it's finance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's an important job. So we had three Buller boys right at the top in 2015. In 2016, a friend of current Prime Minister Boris Johnson told the Daily Beast that, quote, When I remind Mayor Boris about his time in the club, he whispers, Omerta, 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 under his breath. God's sake. Deport that man. <laughs> yeah, he was born in America. Let's get yeah, him out. strip him of his citizenship. <laughs> I've had enough. Oh my God. Not all of its former members have gone on to be highly successful or have long lasting careers. In 2007, former member Gottfried von Bismarck, uh, a member of Germany's most famous families, was found dead in his London apartment. 
When he was at Oxford University in 1986, the body of a 22-year-old woman was found in his bed. He wasn't implicated in the death because he wasn't in the bed when she was found. All that happened was he was given a fine for drug possession. Another Bullingdon member, Darius Guppy, which has got to be in my top three names of all time, was sent to prison for fraud. Hardly surprising. They're probably all at it. He's probably the only one that got caught. <laughs> in recent years, some of the club's former members have started to distance themselves from the Bullingdon Club, like we mentioned earlier. David Cameron has said in the past that he's embarrassed with his association to the club. In 2013, when Boris Johnson was asked about his time in the Bullingdon Club, he described it as, quote, a truly shameful vignette of almost superhuman undergraduate arrogance, toffishness, and twitterishness. Which, fair enough, I would say is pretty accurate. Which is the title of his autobiography. <laughs> Even though some previous members claim to have detached themselves from the club, others haven't. The woman who spoke to the Guardian newspaper we mentioned uh, earlier in the show told the paper, quote, Many still see each other. They have long established networks and they think it's in their power to confer high office on anyone they choose. There is a bond of loyalty. In 2016, a former Oxford University professor said about the current status of the Bullingdon Club, they've become lazy. In the past, they drove sports cars. Today, they only meet to eat and drink. Probably not one of them has learned to sit properly on a horse. Okay, good. I don't think the ability to buy and then drive a sports car makes you a particularly not lazy person. No, and I didn't realize that my inability to know how to sit on a horse would maybe make me a lazy person. Can you not ride a horse? I mean, I've, I've sat on a horse, but I wouldn't I wouldn't claim to know how to ride oh, okay. a horse. <laughs> I'm actually quite scared of horses. They're quite scary. They've got very wet eyes. And just very rolly eyes. We saw some really good horses the other day, didn't we? We did. And they get spooked too easily. Yeah, I don't mind a horse. Um, I just find riding quite boring and your face gets cold and so do your hands. Anyway, landed myself right back in the posh pot, haven't I? Moving on. In 2017, the conservative UK magazine The Spectator had a headline that read, Bye Bye Buller. And its first line read... R.I.P. The Bullingdon Club, 1780 to 20, a 7P. Now, if you're wondering if the members still wear the tailcoats, bow ties and waistcoats, well, according to the London Evening Standard, members today tend not to wear the suits out in public. They save them for, quote, private dinners. Yes, I'm guessing if you wandered around London wearing a top coat and fucking tails or whatever the hell it is with brass buttons and a silk blow tie and a mustard yellow waist jacket you might get some uncomfortable looks I would argue in London no one would bat an eyelid I mean possibly I guess maybe in Hull around Oxford wouldn't oh, they yeah. yeah true 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 and according to the 2019 Guardian newspaper article that we've referenced a few times in this episode membership numbers for the Bullingdon Club have been dwindling over the years because quote undergraduates shun an organisation with a toxic reputation. Yeah, yeah, that's just what they're telling the press. They're all in there <laughs> throwing flower pots. <laughs> Wearing waistcoats. And in 2020, this is funny, I did see this picture. A group of black Oxford students actually recreated the now infamous David Cameron and Boris Johnson Bullingdon photo, and they did this to challenge the elitism at the university. So yeah, there you go. Privilege, privilege in pants. <laughs> privilege in tailcoats with brass buttons. That basically is everything you need to know. 
about the Bullingdon Club. Probably a little bit more than you needed to know. Probably. But now you can impress everyone with I your know. knowledge. I mean, there is also, maybe it's worth mentioning, I haven't seen it, but there is also a film called The Riot Club, which is about the Bullingdon Club. Ooh, okay. Have you seen it? No. No. But I am almost certain that there was a play about the Bullingdon Club mm -hmm. um, that was quite a big deal when I was at uni, so like 10 years ago. I think it um, was the same thing. Oh, yeah, I remembered. It was called Posh. The play. Uh, the play was called Posh, yeah. And I believe that the Riot Club was based upon it. There you go, guys. Go watch something about this. Um, and that's that. That's today's episode. That is that. Thank you so much for listening. I am Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. And we'll be back next week with another great episode. And make sure you remember to follow Sinister Societies on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. You can listen to this and all other episodes of Sinister Societies for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, then be sure to follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you you love us you can come over to the mothership which is our other podcast which is red-handed and we most recently actually as we're recording this we don't know if we're coming to you from the future or the past um time works differently when you are tired we did natalie holloway very recently very famous white american girl goes missing on aruba and spoilers she never shows up again Exactly. And that's exactly what we do every single week. We talk about different crimes from all over the world because Red Handed is a true crime podcast. And if that sounds like it's up your alley, come check that out wherever you listen to your podcasts. Sinister Societies is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Podcast. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Gemma Waters. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. Research by Chelsea Wood. And fact-checking by Cara McCurlin. And we're your hosts, Hannah Maguire and Saruti Bala. <laughs>